You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hey folks, you're here, Yoga Magic. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. How the heck are you? Oh, pals, hopefully you're out of the holiday slump by now. I'm just like slowly making my way out of this. I'm just noticing that when I hit the wall at the end of the day, it is just, I mean, it's like the real, the real wall and I have to stop. (laughs) Sometimes that, sometimes the wall is just running into Bridgerton on Netflix and then you just can't get anything else done until you've watched the whole season. It's, oh man. So good, so hot. Someone please get me a gaggle of like hot brothers that live next door and then also perhaps a duke too. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's funny. I have Venus in Leo in my birth chart, which basically means I'm just like a ridiculous idealistic in relationships and I'm just like a hopeless romantic. And when I get sucked into a love series or like a sexy romance novel, which I love reading those, (laughs) I'm basically worthless. I can't get anything done. I just need to consume it quickly and then move on. And I also had just finished the book The Roommate by Rosie Dannon at the suggestion of my girl Chelsea London Lloyd over at the Dying of Laughter podcast, a super fun podcast if you want to listen. And oh my gosh, another steamy piece. Yeah, The Roommate. It was good. I liked the book because the buildup was so epic. It was just like, ugh, sexual tension at its best. Okay, enough about my Venus and Leo. (laughs) We talk about spirituality on this show. That's what we're going to talk about today, per the usual. Today's episode is fun because I'm, I'm really a newbie to Akashic Record readings. I'm always so curious about how healers and light workers and the people that I talk to on this show, how they get into the work that they do. And hearing from Rachel, our guest today, was so cool because her mom taught her how to start reading the Akashic Records for other people. I love that. It's perfect that this episode came after my conversation with Kate Cherney on Tuesday because we were having this, you know, this kind of brainstorm and this excitement about beginner's mind, you know, keeping that sense of wonder and always seeking the answers from within, because that's, you know, that's exactly what happens when you access or when someone accesses your Akashic record, you're just looking within for the answers. You're looking to your higher self for the next best step. So what is an Akashic record? If you're new to this, kind of like me, it's basically, it's a record of everything. It's the universal thought, memories, Anything that has ever happened is happening now and will happen. It's a record of a soul. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> In theory, you know, we can all access these memories or thoughts. Some people have gifts to access them in different ways, you know, psychic abilities. Some people just frankly work on it themselves through meditation. They practice over time. They get better. And, you know, I know I've talked about using 
past life regression on this show in the past. That's a, that's a healing modality that I really love. And that's essentially just another way of accessing that same record. You have someone guide you through hypnosis and then that you access those records and you see them as like memories or as visions. And yeah, basically, I mean, it's, it's interesting because we're so conditioned to think that these things aren't real, that, you know, oh, I'm seeing this and it doesn't mean anything. It's just like a thought. But ultimately, you know, we're seeing that for a reason. There are no synchronicities, especially when we work in this world of spirituality. And you can learn a ton from, you know, from these visions, whether it be in a reading or with something you see yourself or in a past life regression. So yeah, you're setting an intention to see something that will guide you on your path that will provide you with the highest good. So Rachel really gives us an intro into getting an Akashic Records reading, you know, why someone might come to her, what a reading cannot do, what it can do. We talk a little about Twin Flames as well, which is the idea that a soul has split into two and is now within two different people. Like in a past life, it's split into two and now it's in two people in this life. And theoretically, you may come in contact with your twin flame and you have this like extension of your own soul. It's kind of wild. We talk about it. Deep dive. <laughs> oh man, I hope you're, I hope you guys are like in sort of the, I don't know, more, we're always pretty woo on this show, but you know, more open-minded conversations um, because I'm really loving it. I'm loving hearing from these experts in this area. Yeah. Before we get to our chat with Rachel, a huge thank you to our sponsor, Simpson and Vale Teas. Just the best. The small biz, family owned, super yummy tea brand. So happy to partner with them. Remember that you get 15% off your first order at svt.com. And I have been getting some requests for cosmic self-care tips. I'm just loving this request. It's it's basically all my favorite things. Um, I talk about it a lot on the show, you know, using astrology for self-care, talk about it on Instagram. So I started, I decided to create an offering called the Cosmic Self-Care Rx Guide, and it's a completely individualized look at your birth chart and a number of self-care practices that you can start, you can try on just based on where your planetary placements are. It's a two-page document that I write up after I get your birth info, and then I just send it over to you and you can try some some new self-care practices on, see how they feel. I will link that offering up in the show notes if you're interested. I'm I want it to be affordable if that, you know, you want to dip your toe into this. Um, so it's $35 for the completely individualized guide. Okay, my friends, if you are not already following Yoga Magic on Instagram, hop on there at Yoga Magic Podcast to learn about events and episodes and all the fun things that we're doing over here. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Um, yeah, Akashic Records. Let's chat with Rachel Gitlovich. Welcome in, Rachel. I'm so glad. I'm glad you're here. We're going to talk all of the things today, some of the, some really stuff that I know nothing about, so I'm really excited to deep dive with you. Can you tell listeners who you are, what you do for work, like who you are as a human, all of the things? Yeah, so Ashley, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to dive into all the things. And um, so what I do, a uh, common of a lot of things, but essentially um, I started the brand Ray of Consciousness um, a little over two and a half years ago. And that started off as a coaching business, has now evolved into more of a spiritual wellness and business coaching business. And so um, essentially I cover all things with helping people transition out of 
unfulfilling careers, unfulfilling lives, get helping them get unstuck and really help them figure out what it is that lights them up in life and help them shine a light home to who they really are. So, you know, remembering the sense, uh, the essence of who you are. And I do that through coaching, um, like mindset, life coaching, as well as intuitive business. So I help them launch businesses that feel more aligned with who they are. And also I do Akashic Records readings that has been really calling to me the past few years. Um, I would say about five years ago, I started opening my own records or so. I did practice doing it with myself for two to three years before I felt comfortable doing it for other people. And then I would say within the past year or two is when I really decided to like come out of the spiritual closet, let people know that yes, I I do Akashic Records readings. Yeah. I think a lot of people are coming out of the out of the spiritual closet. Wouldn't you think like right now are all of a sudden like wait, there's this whole other world that I can tap into. And it's, it's very exciting. Exactly. I would agree. I think it's like become a lot more like widely accepted. Um, like people are, I think once you get like, once you're out, um, it gives other people the permission to do the same. Essentially. It's like, you know, so many times people know that they have these magical gifts within them and are just afraid to share it with other people. And then, you know, they see that others, like someone they know is doing it. And then they essentially open up and create, um, from that space realize oh I have these magical gifts too I want to like I think it really comes down to people wanting to help other people Mm -hmm. and so like how can we better like support others by again kind of tuning inward coming back to self and then spreading that light so that we can really be that light and beacon for others Mm -hmm. did you have any hesitation to come out of the spiritual closet? Like you'd said, you know, once you see someone else come out, it's sort of like, oh, cool. Like, did you feel any fear or fear of rejection prior to coming out of the spiritual closet? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I think I had so much self-doubt. I Mm -hmm. think, um, you know, the imposter syndrome was real and the ego started to take over and be like, you know, who do you think you are to do this work? Who do you think you are to um, think that, you know, you have some special um, ability or whatnot? And so, and I was also just a really big skeptic about this work. Um, Like, I think there was a part of me that you know, I was like kind of trying to decipher, like, is this coming from like, where's this information coming from? Is it coming from my intuition? Is it coming from, am I making this stuff up? And then, you know, certain things that I would uh, essentially like channel or download for people. There was just sometimes this, um, it was so specific, like Mm. I would get names of people or things so specific to like something that happened three years ago that I couldn't further doubt it, but it's still something that I'm constantly questioning. And so I think it took me some time to finally feel confident to be able to offer it to other people. And then now it's more so like, 
who am I not to? Like, I can't deny this. I had to just completely take my ego out of it and really be with the fact that like, this helps other people. Like, like it or not, wherever the information is coming from, it's changing people's lives. What was the first download that you got? And like, did you know that's what that was? (laughs) Were you just like, what is, what am I, am I seeing it? Do you feel it? Tell me more. Yeah. So I receive the information in a couple of ways. Sometimes it'll come through as like almost like a movie. Um, Mm. Like I'll see something really specific and sometimes it comes out really like jumbled and like I have to kind of like piece it together. Like I'll see things from like maybe different eras or different time periods. And I'm like, wait, like, does this all make sense? Or is there, so I'll like kind of have to like put it together in my, in my own um, like way, kind of just comes out. Um, Sometimes I'll hear it in a message, but the first download I received was probably the nudge, like a really strong nudge to offer it to other people. Um, Like, and I don't know if that was my first one, but like they're actually my first one for me specifically was this download of returning back to love. Like, you know, how can I be in loving presence? How can I hold myself compassionately? How can I be, how can I hold space in from the space of love? Mm -hmm. It's like that Marianne Williamson book, Return to Love, right? Have you read that? I actually haven't, but I feel like you're not the first person to tell me to read it. It's like something that I, yeah, I think is definitely needed. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's talk just a little bit of the details. I want to deep dive into the Akashic records and like what that is for listeners that have never tapped into this, um, does like, do we all have an Akashic record? What does it pertain to? How do, how does one go about getting information? And like, why would I even want to tap into that in the first place? A lot of, sorry, a lot of questions. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And so, and I want to dissect it into like what it is, what it isn't. Um, Cause I had something kind of funny come up the other day um, where someone asked me to like, (laughs) see if they were going to like pass an exam. And I'm like, no, <laughs> just like, no, Don't see the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm not your person to tell you that information. Um, but essentially, yes. So everyone has uh, an Akashic Records library. What that looks like is different to every single person. So sometimes the way that I'll um, lead somebody into their library is to kind of do a visualization meditation to kind of help open them up to that space of receiving. And so some people like can consciously think of their library, like, you know, a place where there's just a bunch of books held. Um, Some people it's more of that place where they find serenity and peace. Um, So there's no right or wrong way of finding your personal library, but essentially it's this place of your soul's journey, anywhere that um, your past lives, your present reality, as well as your, what is um, possible for your future. Again, I wouldn't say I channel people's futures, but I can see um, possibilities of their future, Mm. depending on what path they decide to embark on. And so essentially people, anyone can access their library. Um, just given 
you know, a lot of practice and taking, again, your ego out of it, taking any judgments, any limitations, anything that feels like could be holding you back. And so it just really takes this practice of opening yourself up to receiving the information and everyone has these masters teachers um, and guides guiding them on their path it just takes this level of willingness to be an allowance of that and opening yourself up to receiving that because we are constantly being guided we are constantly being opened up to um, new possibilities and as soon as you start to realize that you're the creator of your life the sooner you can realize to tap into that guidance that you know we also we crave from that that space that that place of creation um and so I've personally been, I was trained by my mom to read my Akashic records. Oh, I love that. Um, so she has been practicing it for like over 15 years. And then mm. essentially she learned through one school that was channeled to open up her own school and um, through her school is how I learned. And then um, I essentially now just help people with um I, I read for other people and then I also kind of help them to start practicing um, some tools to help access their own. Friends, I'm telling you all about my favorite tea brand, Simpson and Vale Teas. Is tea not the perfect combination to a relaxing yoga flow? If you haven't heard of Simpson and Vale, they are a small business, a family-owned company, and one of the oldest tea companies in the U.S. They have over 380 different tea blends, and they have tea accessories, food, you know, anything that you need for a self-care tea moment. I just bought the new Moonlight Snooze Herbal Tea for my relaxing nighttime wind-down routine, and yummy. Oh my gosh. I also got a new mug because... Why the heck not, right? <laughs> the Moonlight Snooze has valerian root, passion flower, linden, jasmine blossoms, and organic lemon myrtle. I don't even know what lemon myrtle is, but it sounds great. <laughs> I've talked about the yoga blends that Simpson and Vale has as well. One for each chakra. Maybe you like to theme your yoga classes around a specific chakra. Well, now you can grab a coordinating herbal tea for your class. Those herbal teas are totally caffeine-free, so you stay nice and relaxed. You can have them anytime. You know, as you're thinking about your self-care for the new year, for 2021, you're wanting to start something new, new rituals and routines, I highly recommend enjoying a little herbal tea from Simpson and Vale. And friends, I just can't stress this enough. They are so good. They taste so good. To get your yoga blend or your Moonlight Snooze or any of their other amazing blends, head over to svtea.com, set up an online account, and use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off of your first order. Again, that's svt.com and use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off. So... Are they memories from past lives that you're seeing? Are they this, are they, you know, current life memories that, that you're seeing for other people? Like what are specifically, like, what is it that comes to you? Yeah. So that's a really great question. And the, to simply answer that, it's, yes, it's memories. It's memories. truly helping them remember who they are, where they came from. And that's why I think every single reading is so different, um, especially when it's the same 
person that I'm doing readings for like consistently. It's these different memories that I'm able to have access to based on their willingness to receive that information. Mm. And so sometimes um, like something will come up where they don't exactly remember it, but I can capture the essence of it and like unlock it and open it up. And so it comes from um, past life memories as well as current life. So sometimes things traumatic in our life happens and we've just completely blocked it from our memory. And so sometimes through opening of the records, I can access some of those memories that we've blocked out that we've decided aren't worthy of um, actually being here and, uh, same thing with sometimes childhood memories come up say like from Mm. like three years old they'll remember something that happened to them um or maybe they won't but then it's like as soon as we're in the records it's like wait I remember this exact experience happening to me so it's really interesting to kind of help people unlock that and then once we do we actually kind of practice working through it and working around how to potentially heal from that experience embrace all that we are and not have so much shame built up around some of these memories as well as sometimes they can be blocks so some money money blocks come up based on certain past life experiences as well Mm, totally this is yeah I'm this is really interesting because I've done quite a few past life regression sessions um, where someone guides me. It's uh, my friend Gina has been on the show before and she's, it's, it's like my favorite healing modality is to be guided into hypnosis to access essentially my own Akashic records. And so would the difference between like that particular healing modality and what you do is that you're accessing them for somebody else. Is that the difference? Telling them like, Hey, in this one past life regression, this is what happened, but they still see it. I love that. That's, it's kind of wild really. (laughs) So I know that you work with leaders, like you work within the business community and people that are looking to transition from really positions of not being in their power into really stepping into what they, their true essence is in this particular life. You know, I'm, we're recording this on December 22nd, the day after the Great Conjunction. There's lots of shifts happening in our world, in our astros, whatever. And I'm curious, in your opinion, what is what is a conscious leader? Like, what does that look like? How do you help people in that area? I love that question, too. And it's so um, serendipitous to be recording this um, the day after the Great Conjunction. And um, I think it's somebody that owns and acknowledges all all aspects of themselves, like, you know, not qualifying something as not worthy, good, bad. Um, And somebody that recognizes that, you know, hey, I'm not using my full potential, my full power here. And I would like some help to be able to access that, um, that place, that place Mm -hmm. where I can really bring my whole self to the table. And so I think it really comes down to like recognizing that we, that, you know, you, you are a leader. I am a leader. We all have that capacity to be that. Um, Cause I think so many of us start to shrink ourselves and make ourselves small to fit into the box of this reality. And so what I essentially, if I, 
saying, you know, I help conscious leaders is more so of helping get them out of the box of being small and shrinking into really taking up space, owning that bigness that they are and helping them share their light. That's what I think being a leader is. It's not about this place of, I, you know, telling people what to do, how to do it. It's really owning, acknowledging that like we are all leaders. We are all here for a purpose and we all have this message and this gift and this purpose, whatever that might be to you. I don't think everyone has the same path or purpose, but recognizing that you've been placed here for a reason and following those nudges, following the like the guidance of this universe to Mm. really step into that place of power. This is funny. This is like a tangent, but so I have little kids, they're two and four and they're the movie frozen (laughs) two is like my favorite because they talk about these themes of like stepping into your power. And I mean, it's like spirituality 101. And I'm just like geeking out. I'm like, I love that this is like the vernacular for Disney movies now, right? Like, here's where we're going. Talk about Age of Aquarius. Like, (laughs) Uh, so when, if I'm going to book a session with you, I'm going to get an Akashic record reading. Could I come with to you with like, you know, I want to see if I'm on the right path with yoga magic, with the business that I've started, would that be like a a common question to come to you with? Yes. Yes. I get the path and purpose question like more times than anything. What is my path? What is my purpose? Am I on the right path? And so, yes, I help to answer all of those questions essentially without, and the thing that I think people start to ask me too is like, well, how do you feel comfortable telling people what to do? Well, and it's not that. It's mm. not about telling, like, you know, oh, I'm saying yes, you're on the right path or no, you're not. It's more so of looking deeper within what does being on the right path look like for you? What does that bring up and what does that feel like for you? Um, The other one I'll get a lot um, very often is, you know, like, is my partner the one? Am I with Mm. the right person? Um, You know, who is this person in my life? And so it like, because I think a lot of people don't feel comfortable, like I think with a lot of these modalities, some people don't feel comfortable. It feels like, you know, they're advice giving. And it's essentially, it's not advice giving. It's more so of like creating from a space of awareness. And Mm. so the question around path and purpose will be different for every single person, but it is something that I'll get asked a lot. And so, yes, that is definitely a question that you could book a session and come to me with. Mm -hmm. So do you, you ever say, I don't see that this partner is the right one for you. Does that ever come up? (laughs) Yeah, it does. Actually it does because sometimes I'll, I'll become aware of the energy of it. Mm -hmm. And I'll notice that this person is, you know, just here for a time. And, Mm. um, and like, I'll notice whether there's some sort of contract that they have with this person that they might not have fulfilled in a lifetime. So they kind of continue to come back to this promise or obligation that they made to this person. And so what we'll do is we'll help clear the promise or the contract so that they can actually live in choice. Mm. 
So it's not me saying like, yes or no, you're destined to be with this person. It's more so of like, well, okay, if there are some contracts or promises that you made to this person, let's break those so that you can kind of come from the space of, I am choosing you rather Mm. than like this, this place of constriction and contraction. Yes. Free will. Really. It's that clearings that you have the free will. (gasps) Yeah. I have this giving goosebumps because last night at the solstice, I was doing a circle with some other friends and this idea we were, we were talking ritual, right? Like um, I learned this, this candle ritual where you can set intentions and the one sort of non-negotiable is that you still have to give people free will. We are, we're not doing witchcraft to make people do things. This is about within yourself. I love that. I never even think about that. It's interesting. Okay. So the other, you know, speaking of partnership, (laughs) the other thing I was curious to pick your brain on and, and like, this might be the tip of the iceberg that on this show where we talk about this topic, because it's, I think it's very layered, but it's the idea of twin flames. What Mm -hmm. is that in your opinion? Does it exist? Like, how does it show up for us? Yeah. So twin flames is such an interesting topic that I think is gets uh, brought up a lot in the spiritual world, spiritual community. And to, and I asked the records as well um, about this topic as far as, you know, because I think if you look it up online, they say that you only have one twin flame. Right. And I, I've seen that. I've also seen that you have multiple what I've noticed in the records is that it's essentially our there. It's like a part of our soul that, you know, way back when has maybe split into these different parts. And so when we meet this twin flame, it almost feels like we're meeting this other part of us. And Mm. so I think that can happen in a lot of different ways. And I don't think it's necessarily, solely one person i think we can have these like twin flame connections with multiple people where it's like i i know you and i feel like you are me and i am you and i don't think it's common but i think it you know when we find that i think it's definitely worth cherishing and noticing and becoming aware of um and i think that there's this element of you're not, and also the other aspect is like when I meet my twin flame, I feel like I'm supposed to be with that person. Well, that's mm. again not necessarily true. That's kind of always also coming back to this idea of soulmates and do we have just one soulmate? I don't think we do. I think we have multiple soulmates throughout our lifetime that it's like every single person that we've been with has served that purpose for us to learn from, grow from in whatever way. And so I think if people are on this mission to find their soulmate, to find their twin flame, I think it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an endless mission that, you know, you're probably going to end up like disappointed. I think it just kind of happens upon that you, you meet this person. You're like, wait, there's something unexplainable of this, this oneness. And so I think that kind of comes down to what it means to meet your twin flame. Um, I think it takes, you know, if we're always looking, you're always looking for someone else to complete you. Like that to me is not the goal, right? Like if you happen to encounter someone, a partner, a friend, a child, I don't even know, that is 
that really like feels as if they are one to you. That's amazing. But like, I've had even, you know, friends that have said, I really want to find my twin flame. And, and I guess I, I, the other healers that I've talked to about this is like, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a harmonious relationship, right? Like if you find your twin flame, it might just be this energy of oneness, like you said, but not like you are destined to be together. Like the soulmate twin flame concept is just like, maybe work here first, work on yourself first. And that is the avenue to completion more so than looking for someone else. Would you agree? (laughs) I would agree with that wholeheartedly. It's definitely not about the seeking or the looking for the searching for this person. Um, Yeah. I think it's really about looking inward to Mm. find completion within yourself because yeah, if you're constantly looking for completion outside of you, you can't fully accept all of you. Um, I think it's almost like you're trying to like fill this, because that's essentially it. It's like, if you're trying to fill a void within you with somebody else, well, then that can leave. Um, right. Like then you're left kind of feeling like, well, here I am in this emptiness again, rather than, you know, finding that completion within yourself and finding somebody that can kind of contribute to you rather than like fill you. Cause mm. I think we are, whole beings as we are. We're 100% whole just as we are. And so I think the sooner that we can recognize what it takes for us to feel whole, what it takes for us to embrace that, the sooner we can kind of, you know, call in that which we feel aligned to. Because I think it's really about the energy of what you want to call in. I And so this is something that came up on my Tulum trip, uh, like where uh, I'm going to try to say in like the way that my my roommate had told it to me, you're in the ocean. It's not about like finding the ship that you're on, like finding your ship. It's like, you know, you are the ocean, you're the vessel. It's Mm. not about the ship itself and like trying to find the ship, if that makes sense. Yeah. I could be like butchering that up a bit, but that's what makes sense for me in the, in my head. It's like, you know, you are part of this space of being rather than, you know, finding what's outside of you. You already are it. I love that. That's, Mm -hmm. that really does resonate. Can I put you on the spot a little? I have like just some, I'm thinking about, so last night as I was like doing some intention setting around this exciting time. I kept like the, the word and like the essence and the energy that I'm thinking about for my year to come. And really, truly like a long time moving forward is the sense of community, 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 and like shared community in that we're all sort of like beginners in a way, like everybody is together in this. If does that like land in your, in your world of energy and like how you're experiencing things, does that make does that make sense? Do you like get that from me? <laughs> yes. And oh, I love that. And I think that we are all beginners. Yeah. Like if you think that you are one, like, a, you know, either above somebody else or that you 
I think sometimes we can be, there's certain people that are more aware of certain things and maybe are more tuned in. Um, but I think we're all beginners. Like, I think it's so good to constantly greet something with a beginner's mind, with that curiosity and fascination. Like anytime I do a reading for somebody, I am still blown away by the information right. that comes through. Like I've been doing this for the past couple of years and like every session, I like always leave like, you know, a few minutes at the end for me to just be like, listen, this is still amazing to me. Yeah, like, totally. It's always this like mind blowing piece. And I think it's so refreshing to have that. I think when we start to kind of get into this like monotonous routine and feel like, oh, I'm above this or I'm like an expert that it, uh, um, I think we can be an expert at something. Yes. I don't think that, you know, there's like, oh, you know, I think being a beginner versus an expert is very polar. I don't mm. think that's what it's about. I yeah. think it's just kind of greeting every day with this fascination, with this beginner's mind, with this childlike playful energy, um, rather than meeting every day with more so of the, um, I, I know everything, you know, I think that's kind of where we start to get lost. And as an Aquarius, my like theme is I know. And so that was like one of my favorite words growing up as a kid, like I know, but I think it's more so of just allowing yourself to be like in the knowing energy rather than thinking or claiming that you know it all. Totally. I love that. That's a good answer. I'm a cancer. So I feel, <laughs> I feel all the things. <laughs> okay. Last question before you go, what do you do to take care of yourself? What are your self-care practices? Yeah. So I, I practice meditation, breath work, uh, self-care, uh, yoga. Those are all like beautiful things. And then also allowing myself to, I need to be better at resting and feeling like rest is productive and, you know, giving myself a buffer of not, you know, saying yes to everything. I think one of my things is that I'm constantly wanting to please others and be there for others. And so it's hard for me to, um, like kind of say, um, say no to certain things. And so right. I think more clear about boundaries is another self-care practice for me. And then just kind of when I am in like a kind of weird or funky space, acknowledge that I'm in a weird and funky space, like mm -hmm. share it and, you know, not just like culminate in it, but, you know, lean on support and friends to kind of help with processing and sometimes you know we do need some reminding that like we are goddesses and we are badasses and um that we're so loved and supported because sometimes we do forget but I think it's really also about not buying all of our energy or our emotions as our own sometimes we'll take a lot of things especially as healers light workers leaders will take things on from other people that don't necessarily serve us so being able to kind of return it back to source and kind of transform it into like the highest good is also another like self-care practice. So a lot of times I'll kind of ask myself the question of, you know, who does this belong to? Mm. And then I'll kind of notice if the energy lightens up and see like, oh, is this even mine or is this somebody else's? Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Return to sender. Yes, please. <laughs> 
Oh, Rachel, this was so fun. I love deep diving into the stuff that I don't know a lot about. And I feel like you speak about it in a, in a really approachable, accessible way. And that's, that's kind of our jam over here. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. If listeners want to learn more about you, book a session with you, um, how can they do that? Yeah. So actually right now, I'm not sure once this podcast will be up and out, but I have an Akashic Records sale happening right now. So people can uh, find me on Instagram. I am at rachel.gitlovich, my last name, as well as my website is rayofconsciousness.com. Send me uh, either an email or a direct message, follow me on Instagram. And I would love to share all the things that I'm offering right now. I'm also going to be launching a group program uh, come January called Business Breathwork and Breakthroughs, all helping you kind of tune into yourself, use breathwork to help you um, birth the business that you mm. want to out into the world cool love it thanks again rachel this was great thank you for listening everyone thanks for all of your insight rachel such a fun conversation you can learn more about this episode in the show notes and don't forget to subscribe and follow yoga magic on instagram at yoga magic podcast see you next week